You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Funemploymentradio.com. Twitter is so weird. I know Why this isn't a very good observation of things, but I'm serious. Some of the I fell down a Twitter hole again. Why are we starting right now? Why all of a sudden did you go, we need to start right this again? Well, because I'm ready to go, sir. I want to talk to the oh people. Oh, my God. That's part of what we're doing. Of course, we are live here right now. And so I wanted to bring the show to the masses. Hello, this is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. We greatly, greatly appreciate your listenership and uh, greatly appreciate you guys tuning into our show. Of course, you can listen live at funemploymentradio.com slash live, where you can subscribe to the live stream or listen anytime, day or night. Via the podcast Thank you very much So yeah So what I was talking about is I, I've i talked about this before How I, I'm trying to understand Twitter And I know we're behind the times on this But it, it just Harkens back not, to a discussion That we had earlier I am way earlier. more behind the times than you are I don't At least you look at it I don't yeah. even understand how to read it Yeah it's true Well um, Coming up here in just a little bit on the show We're going to replay an interview That we had with Mark Grossman Owner of Helium Comedy Club But I, I don't know if this was on air or off air But we were talking about Twitter and Mark and Sarah don't use it and don't understand it at all. I have a vague understanding, but more of a peripheral where, it, as I said before, I can kind of take a breath, Greg. It's kind of like peeping in on someone, but I, but they're posting it publicly so I can see it. You know, it doesn't make anything wrong. It doesn't mean it's wrong because it's public. They posted it on there. But I don't think I think people forget that all of this stuff is right out there in the open for anyone to watch. So I just fell down a Twitter hole, which is where I click on someone and then I see who they're referencing and I'll click on that person and then I'll click on that person. Is that why you were just over there going, hello there? Did you find yourself? Well, yes, I was, but that was because someone referenced us on Twitter and I was looking at that one. That's not the Twitter hole I was talking about. No, I just call women Twitter holes. Okay, (laughs) That's not the Twitter hole I fell into. No, the one that I'm talking about is I literally just got to a page where I was looking at a conversation going back and forth. And this is public. And these are the names these two people chose for themselves between a woman whose tagline is whose Twitter handle is I fucked him silly. Ew. Who is going back and forth talking to a gentleman by the name of King Horstick. These are their names. They set up Twitter accounts. And that's the that's what they chose as their name. That's really gross, Greg. Well, you're I'm, not really like encouraging me to want to go on Twitter. I didn't do it. Why are you blaming me? Why are me? you following? Are we following no, King we're Horse Dick? We're not following. We're not following King Horse Dick. I'm saying this is what somebody decided. They spent their time at home. They're like, ah, boy, I gotta. I'm gonna set up a Twitter account so I can start posting Greg, things. How did we even get? A, how are you in our Twitter? This is why I don't understand. How are you on our Twitter account and you stumble upon someone named King Horse Dick? I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Because it, I just I don't like this I'll look at things And I'll just follow the timeline And I'll go somewhere And, and I'll read Just whatever the hell They're thinking like, like It'll be like they're Them referencing people And I don't know How the hell I got to King Horse Dick But it's Or Or I fucked him silly Now she's obviously A very lovely lady Who you can see Her pictures there Anybody Again this is public but I can uh, I can certainly go there and take a look at uh, at what she's saying, and uh, it's a bit of a provocative picture. Yeah, because on Twitter there really isn't any censorship. No, there's right? not. Like you can actually huh. like post just full on. No, you you can full, post full on nudity if you would yeah. so like to. 
But, uh, but yeah, that's... Well, no wonder you're a fan of Twitter. Now it's making more sense. Well, no, I'm not there to go look at nudity. I don't intentionally go to porn sites. Yeah, because you know what? When I'm on the internet, all of a sudden I just default to King Horse Dick. Like, seriously? I just think it's funny. It's still... To me, that's the funniest part of it is that this guy sat around... Because to set up a Twitter account, really all you need to do is... You you need an address, and you got to choose a username and all that. And this guy... Like, I... I wonder how many different things he went through before he found out that King Horse Dick wasn't taken. Like, was it supposed to be King Donkey Dick or something else? Was there, was there another tagline he was looking for? Like, how long did it take him to set this up? And, and then put his own picture on there. Everybody, welcome to my morning. This is Fun Employment Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. It's a Friday. It's been a long week. I've had a little bit of coffee. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Well, we haven't even, like, you haven't even hour. let me get my bearings. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm trying to get ready, and Greg's just like, let's go now, let's go now. Like, it's like, it's, it's the first time he's on the microphone. It's all kind of spazzy. No? You got your bearings yet? Not really. Well, I have all these things around me, but I haven't had a chance to organize them. There are things. Okay. Including, but not limited to, a wonderful present that a listener actually sent us. Yes, indeed. So um, this was actually a present that was sent over the, uh, the, the holidays. And we've got it here. Do you want to read uh, part of the letter or who this is from? Yes, absolutely. So this is from listener Nick P. in St. Louis. Yes, St. Louis. St. Louis. Uh, so Nick writes, Dear Sarah and Greg, I hope you had an awesome Christmas. I've been listening to the show since you guys first started. And as a token of my appreciation for all that you guys do, I figured I'd send you a little something since um, I'm such a big fan. This is for both of you, but mostly Sarah, because I know how much she loves leaving notes on people's doors, cars, etc. I really hope, and then he's saying how he hopes he can make it out to the next listener party, which we should be doing sooner than later, but he sent a book by Jillian Madison and Michelle Madison that is called Dear Asshole, 101 Tear Out Letters to the Morons Who Muck Up Your Life, (laughs) which is amazing. So I'm going through this, and there's basically a letter for everybody, like any kind of asshole that kind of ruins your day. For example, Dear Asshole Restaurant Server, Dear Asshole is to my parking spot. Dear asshole house guest who has overstayed your welcome. So these are just random letters. So the book is this person who has written these letters that then you can place to. Yes. Do, do you like give them to people? Yes, you can place them. You can give them to them. Um, <laughs> for example, here, I'll just read uh, an example of this. So this one's called Dear Asshole Gym Sweater. Wipe down the equipment when you're done with it, you disgusting sweaty pig. You can fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool with the amount of perspiration you left on the machine. Paper towels and disinfectant are your friend. Use them because trust me when I say no one here wants to see a sweaty imprint of your robust-ass cheeks. It says things like that. That's awesome. I know. It's well, I cool. know you are a fan of leaving letters on, on people. You're a fan of the passive-aggressive letter. Yeah. Which you've done, uh, you did, I have to say, here at the studio, at the Fun Employment Radio Studios, we're in a building with other businesses, and a while ago we were talking about this, where there was the, the, shoe, people the shoe people down the hallway who would leave shoes out in front of their door in the communal hallway, which was just disgusting. It was gross. They were, they were like gross, like hippie sandals and stuff like that. And Sarah left a note on the door, which I can't remember specifically what it said. I said, uh, can you please... Uh, bring your I didn't say disgusting I was like can you please bring your shoes inside of your room like this is a public area and it takes I don't know like it takes down the quality of the entire building or something like that (laughs) (laughs) your existence ruins everyone else's Uh business that's pretty much what you did it was it was like an underhanded um, you yeah you breathing is a nuisance to all of us 
essentially is what you what you kind of wrote to them, but in a nicer way. And and it worked, though. It absolutely worked. Well, it took kind of the business, uh, the building manager to get involved. But it did end up working. And I didn't even say anything to the building manager. Yeah. Like, actually, it was the, the fire department came through and they realized that it was actually a fire hazard. Yeah. And so they had to move the giant pile of stinky hippie shoes that they had in the hallway out of the hallway. Yeah. I was very happy about that. Yeah. But you've you've left letters on other cars before too. You I mean on cars and on cars, on apartments. Apartments. You just left one for your upstairs apartment neighbor, right? Yeah, I haven't had any problems with them uh ever since then. I think it's because they don't know where the letter came from. Yeah, and so that's the mystery. Exactly. I think that's the mystery because they don't know that it's from me from downstairs. They probably think it's one of their next door neighbors. That's what I'm thinking they think. But maybe too. you sparked some old confrontation that didn't need to happen by the with the wrong person. Like, what if they blamed one of their neighbors and they went over and decided to go after them and it wasn't actually them that did it? No, well, I mean, I'm I'm not sparking any confrontation. Maybe you are. Maybe you're stirring up all kinds of stuff. Well, I'm you saying don't they've been a heck of a lot quieter. Although my new next door neighbor is the ones, um, you know, like the couple that moved in, the new lesbian couple. Yes. Oh, God. They were having like some fucking like Ani DeFranco sing-along yesterday. Like playing guitar. Seriously? They yeah, were actually, they have a guitar could, in there? It was so loud, I couldn't tell like, where it was coming from. That, are they, it sounds like they're filming Portlandia in the room next door to you. I know. Two mid-40s lesbians move in together, probably have known each other for about three days, and move in there, smoking weed. Yeah, I haven't smelled into the, the weed hallway. Again. I didn't leave a note about that, but they, I haven't smelled it. Yeah. Driving a Subaru, playing guitar, singing Ani DeFranco to yeah. each other. Wow. It was pretty. Am- that is pretty amazing. It was so loud because I have you know apartments all around me, and I couldn't tell <laughs> whose apartment it was coming from because I just kept hearing this, you know, um, you know lyrics. I, I actually know what Ani DeFranco song they were singing. So, so they were both singing it. One no, of them it was one of them. I could tell one of them would like clap when the other one was done, but it was one <laughs> girl. They were clapping to each other. Yeah, well, one of them was, and the other one was playing guitar and singing. Wow. It was it was so loud, though. Like, I, I had to actually go out in the hallway to try and figure out, like, where the noise was coming well, from. Well, did you knock on the door? Did you leave a letter? No, I didn't say anything. Why? Because it was in the middle of the day. Oh. That's fine. I mean, if I had been woken up with them doing that, I would not have been happy. See, I could I could see you, uh, huh, okay. All right. I'm I'm waiting for the confrontation to happen between them. Between them and you. Oh, I don't, there's going I don't to really be. care at this point. You don't? No. But you care about your upstairs neighbors that you were talking about that always always have the Well, I do because that parties. was also four o'clock in the morning. Okay. Like, this was fine. It was in the afternoon. I'm like, all right, this is okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I know we've got a lot to get to, and I'm sorry we did start a little bit early, Sarah. My apologies. Why don't we do this? Why don't we go ahead and play our interview? Okay. Uh, coming up here. So, as you guys know, yesterday on the show, we had the one and only Kevin Pollock here um, who's going to be in Helium tonight and tomorrow night, 7.30 and 10 o'clock, shows both nights. And he is fantastic. Go see him. Get your tickets at heliumcomedy.com. He's a pro, that one. He is. But what we didn't say, who was also in the room at the same time, was the owner of Helium Comedy Club, Mark Grossman. So um, for those of you that don't know, Helium's not just here in Portland. It actually started in Philadelphia. And Portland was the second place where they expanded to. And now they're in Buffalo as well. And I think you guys know, I mean, we've, we've talked about Helium and it's, it is fantastic. And yeah. we'll talk about it in this interview. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we asked him, we're like, hey, 
want to come in and, and sit down and, and talk with us for a few minutes. And he was gracious enough to come over here before going to his, his fancy luncheon. Yes, he has a, he had a luncheon to attend, but he's like, but I would like to come and stop by and talk with you, fine Yes, folks. apparently that is how he talks. Mm-hmm. He's mildly British. Yes, um, slightly British. <laughs> but we sat down with him for a few and talked to him. And so let's go ahead and play that interview. And um, I'll, we'll, uh, while that's going on, I'll try to avoid Sarah stabbing me. And then we'll, we'll come back, back after that. that. All right, okay. here it is. This is Mark Grossman. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. And um, for those of you that listen to our show, you know that we talk about Helium Comedy Club quite a bit yes, because we do. it's awesome. And, um, you know, a lot of the guests that we have come through here go through Helium. And it's been in town for about three years. But I don't know. I think we may have the exclusive here. I'm just going to say it, whether it is or, yes, true just, or not. Yes, just say it as, as just if say it's it is. Yeah, the exclusive. Mm-hmm. I believe the first interview ever on Fun Employment Radio of the owner of Helium Comedy Club, Mark. Hello, sir. How you doing? Mark, Mark Grossman. Grossman. Yeah, <laughs> first one. Must feel good. Yes. <laughs> it's very exciting to have you here. You were kind of a... So, of course, we interviewed Kevin Pollock yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then you were like a surprise guest, too. Sometimes I, you know, like to pop in, make a little cameo. You did yeah. a pop-in. It was good. It was we were, a pop-in. Yeah. We were very excited to meet you because we're such a fan of, of Helium. And then uh, we found out that you were in town. So, Well, you guys have been great to us, and I really appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I wanted to come say hi and see what this whole fun employment thing was all about. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate what do you think? It. What do you think of our killing room in it's, here? It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, yeah, we got the soundproof up. We can lay down plastic if we need to and get sturdy tables. Dexterize so. it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it is kind of a dexter room <laughs> now that I look at it. Uh, so Helium started in, well, and still is, in Philadelphia. Correct. Right? Yeah. So what, what, how long has it been in Philadelphia, I guess, to start off with? Philly, it's been, uh, we're going on eight years. July 05. Dang. We opened. Wow. Yeah. Because, I mean, the club is so popular because just even comedians, even ones that that we've talked to or different guests that we've talked to that weren't even performing at Helium here know the Helium name. It yeah. It seems like it's kind of a... Kind oh, of they'll a, say, like, hey, I performed at the Helium in Philadelphia, but this is my first time at the, you know, the Helium right, yeah. here in Portland. Yeah, everybody knows the name Helium Comedy Club. So how... What leads one to decide to open up a comedy club? Were you were you a stand-up? Are you a stand-up? Or? I'm clearly not a stand-up, as <laughs> evidenced by this interview. <laughs> oh, and, uh, you stop that. I, no, just always been a fan of stand-up. And, you know, at the base of it all, I'm just an entrepreneur. And so I was um, working as a trader on Wall Street for like eight years and I just had this idea about Philadelphia needing a comedy club and I was like I think I think it could work I think it could make money I'm going to give it a shot while I'm still trading and so I built this club while I had a full time job so it was difficult but it was also kind of the safe way out because mm-hmm. I still had this income and if it didn't work then I'm still okay and it worked and uh, so it took a while we had a lot of stumbling blocks a lot of uh, hiccups, liquor yeah. license issues, and union oh, yeah. labor, and you know all kinds of things. But you learn as you go, and I had a lot of uh, good people helping me in the industry. And um, so then, after f- two years of that, I started looking at other cities because I'm like, I think we have this down. I think mm. I can replicate this. And it's one of those things where you can't do. It's not like a Five Guys or I don't know what burger joint you have out here, but right. you can't open six of them in the city. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. There's only so many comedy <laughs> fans. Um, so you got to look at other cities, and I started looking around the country at big cities that didn't have, you know, good top clubs that yep. brought in big names, and Portland was right at the top of the list, and it took a while to find a space. 
Um, initially, we were looking in the Pearl District because I thought, oh, this is a good spot. And it is, except that parking is not great. Yeah. Rents are high. And it's really hard to find space. Mm-hmm. And then when I opened my search a little bit, stumbled across this space that we have now, which wasn't even on the market, but someone knew it was coming up, and I switched realtors and blah, 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 and sometimes things just happen. Right. And uh, we kind of fell into it. So that was like uh, 2009, probably, mm-hmm. we started the planning, and then it took about a, you know, a year or so. And then coincidentally, with opening this club, I knew I was having a, my second child, and my trading job was just slowing up a little, and I was getting a little burnout after 14 years, so kind of put that by the wayside, left my job, had a baby, opened this club. And then once this was open, six months later, it was like, you know what? Okay, now I don't have a full-time job. Now I really can try and ramp this a little more. Stumbled across this girl in Buffalo, New York, that somehow convinced me they needed a club, and I <laughs> fell for it. And so we just opened our third club there a few weeks ago, and it's really going well. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's so cool. Do you have any other cities in mind at this particular junction that you want to open another club in? Um, we're looking in a couple cities in the Midwest. All right. Yeah. Uh, and it's not Chicago, so that's, okay. that's your clue. Okay. Next interview, I'll spill another clue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One at a time. <laughs> well, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I just have a lot of questions. Oh, no, yeah, no, I, well, okay, yeah, go ahead and ask Well, I was just going to ask, how does one get a blueprint, you know, to actually, like, figure out how to create and sustain a comedy club? Because it's such a different type of venue. Yeah. Um, really, what happened, the long story short, is I'm very good friends with the Sklar brothers. Who, oh, yeah. They've had them uh, on several be times. Here in a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. And um, these guys, I called them up and I said, I have this idea for a club in Philly. And it was like nine o'clock their time, midnight East Coast. I, I live in Philly. I remember it because I had worked the next day, but I was so excited about it. I couldn't go to sleep. So I call <laughs> Randy and I said, What do you think about this? And we talk about it. And he's like, You got to do it. You got to do it. So he said, I'm going to give you two names of club owners that I think you should talk to. And one of them, his name's Lewis Lee, and he's the owner of Acme Comedy Company in uh, in Minneapolis, where my manager, whose name does not want to be used on the radio, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> she used to work there, and it's okay. a great club. And Lewis, um, he really just... You know, at the time, I thought he was trying to build a consulting business, so that's why he was doing it. If you ask me today why he helped me, I don't know. <laughs> uh, just a really good guy, knew what he was doing. Every comic would tell you it's one of the best rooms in the country. So I was like, okay, if I can learn how to do this, I might as well go to the best. And uh, he really just held my hand. There was a lot that I figured out on my own, um, but he kind of gave me the guidelines, and this is kind of how you do it. And so some things stuck, some things we've morphed, you mm-hmm. know. But um, that's kind of how I got going from this one guy. I mean, it's pretty crazy. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that's just, just going from being you know a trader on Wall Street, working on Wall Street, to owning a club. I would have no idea where to begin Mm-mm. You know, owning a club and running everything that comes down with that. So that's, I don't know, that's really impressive. Let alone three really now at this yeah. point. There's yeah, three I mean, of them. There are some analogies, which is kind of interesting, because when you're a trader, you have to make good bets. Mm-hmm. You're a poker player. You're making bets all the time, and you're... Um, looking at you're evaluating odds of different situations, and one of the things I really like about owning a club is booking the club. Yeah, because every comic, the strategy of booking is really interesting. It's kind of like trading. You're trying to figure out long run how do I get more people interested in my club, but short run who is going to be a funny performer, but yet yield me a, a return mm-hmm. because you know the the range of what you pay comics is all over the map. Mm-hmm. So it's always this game of trying to figure out, you know, kind of best bang for your buck, you know? Yeah. And you got guys, oh, you should use this guy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, wh- how much is he? Well, that's ridiculous. 
because I can get a guy that's even funnier for much less. He might not sell as many tickets, but it doesn't cost me nearly as much. So, yeah. you know, there is this whole strategy. Out. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that I think gives Helium a good reputation is that we, once in a while, we'll sell out and we'll bring somebody in that, when I say sell out, that's in quotes, we'll bring someone in that maybe isn't the funniest guy, but people just want to see because they're famous. But in general, we're not going to bring a guy in just because he'll sell some tickets if we know he can't do a good show. Yeah. You know, on yeah. Good show, so. Well, because that's the ultimate goal. You want to put on the best show possible to get you know people to come back. Exactly. Which is why we keep coming back and you keep bringing amazing people through Portland. Yeah. It's- I got to say, I mean, because before Helium, there's there's another club in here in town, which, you know, we don't, we don't even talk about them. Yeah. But, there hasn't been an actual club like Helium here yeah. in town before. I mean, the other ones, they're just not the same. And this one, I remember when the first time I went in there, I was like, this feels like something you go to in like San Francisco yeah. or, or somewhere like that, like, you know, a big comedy hub. And now we have one here in Portland. And it's really cool. I think it's helped foster a lot of the, the up-and-coming comics that are here in town. Yeah, we're seeing that now, too. Um, my manager and I were actually just talking about this because the first, the first year or so, we ha- we started our open mics and things were going okay, but finally it's like it's clicking and mm-hmm. people yeah. are we're seeing more people come out of the woodwork and you know to think about it in terms of like a sports team, your open mic is your farm system, yeah, and you need to you know grow that. They're like little seeds that you need to grow because eventually they're the guys that open your shows, they're the guys that feature, and they're the guys that maybe someday become the Daniel Toshes and the Chelsea Handlers mm-hmm. that have these huge shows and then they come back home and it's like they're going to do a show at your club and it's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's the goal. Totally. So That's, that's I, Oh, I love figuring out the inner workings of things. It's so neat to hear how your mind works with this. See, and you didn't think that it was interesting. I told you that we thought it was just downright fascinating. It really is. Well, who was the bit, like, when you started the clubs, who was, like, the first comic that you booked and you were just like, holy shit, this is, like, the most amazing, you know, person I could have booked ever? Like, was there anyone you were, like, super excited about booking? Uh, it probably didn't happen, actually, until after a number of years into the club. But I would say um, Jim Gaffigan, for me, was pretty damn big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was only a one-nighter, but that was, like, when I got the call that he wanted to do this event at the club, I was like, wow, that's awesome. Um, like, we had Daniel Tosh a couple times, but um, he wasn't the name that he is now. Yeah. Louis C.K. we had, he was just on the brink of being am- – like, he sold out every show, but he was, you know, like a few months from everyone knowing him. Oh, I've never gotten to see him. Um, yeah, because now, I mean, he's doing he's yeah, he's huge ridiculously huge theater yeah. up in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't get that starstruck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, you know, when – it's like knowing all the tricks that a magician does. Like, it's cool if you didn't know him, but, you know, mm. so, like, I don't know if there's one guy. Um, well, I guess not starstruck, but, I mean, like, should, like looking at this building. Of. Yeah, this building that you made, and you're just like, look at you, like, this super amazing, talented person is inside of this thing that I created. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the guy, cool. I, I guess the guys I mentioned, once With in a while. With hands holding over. With my own yeah. hands. <laughs> once in a while, you sit back, and you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I'm doing Christopher Walken. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, you know, you sometimes you get caught up in the day-to-day and you forget, like, wow, you should maybe pat yourself on the back. Like, mm. yeah. you, <laughs> you put a lot of work in this and it's actually successful, but um, often you're just in it and you're not really thinking about that. No, so. yeah, it's it's hard to see outside of, yeah, your own world sometimes just to step back and be like, yeah, all right, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I earned this. So can people find out, uh, so should they just, you know, 
Find out more about Helium, of course, always at just like heliumcomedy.com. Helium, heliumcomedy.com. I found your Twitter account too, but I won't say Mine? that one. Yeah. Oh, I don't even, that's a joke. It's I like, don't know how to use it. Do you, I, you use no, it? I have no idea. I don't know how to Hasht- use it. All right. Hashtag at, like, that's all I know. Like, yeah, there's a, there are hashtags and they're like, <laughs> I don't understand. And, so it's Helium absolutely. Comedy PDX. Yeah, there we go. The that one's town. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't go to mine. It's ridiculous. Don't, don't follow Mark. I have nothing to say or promote. Once in a while, I get a funny Facebook story about one of my kids, but that target audience is about six people so, like my, my parents and my wife's parents that you kill with those six <laughs> yeah. people man. oh my yeah. god it's amazing <laughs> well Mark thanks for coming over I know you guys gotta get to a get to a fancy lunch or something get like that get to a luncheon yeah it's, it's pretty fancy it's probably a limo outside I don't it. know but um, yeah. but yeah thanks for coming in oh, and thanks for having me hey Appreciate thanks thanks for uh, creating Helium Comedy Club too seriously really cool thanks you're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network Hi, I'm Al Sparks. You shouldn't get podcasts for free because you get too much joy out of it. So stop being a dick and give them a dollar. <laughs> Done. You know, pay it fucking forward, people. <laughs> I'm giving them each a dollar before I leave, and I was on the goddamn show. I provided content, and I'm paying for what they're doing. You realize no one can smell your breath. No, it's not my breath. Air. I don't know what's going on with my face. There's something going on. I'm so confused by what you're doing over there. I know. Yes. Uh, Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in wherever and however you are. Of course, that was Mark Grossman. Owner of Helium Comedy Club. Very oh, nice I'm for like, him no, to I'm like, no, that was House Parks. <laughs> stay- <laughs> that was House Parks. Yes, yes that's true. Um, very, very nice of him to stop by and uh, say hello. So while we were playing that, Sarah keeps over here incessantly hold, breathing out and holding her hand up to her face and smelling it. No, I'm not which smelling is kind it. Of no, I was blowing me out. my nose. So like I have I have like a little bit of a cold. Yes, you've had the been, cold for a while. For that's been going on for a little while. You don't have that super hardcore flu, do super you? Super flu? I don't yeah. think so. Because if you do, that's really not fair that I'm you're not, in here doing I don't this. have the super flu. Knock on wood. How do no. you know you don't have it? Because I know when I have the flu. How? By feeling like you have the flu. Okay. All right. Well, I hope so. No, but um, it ta- what's weird, so I've been a little sniffly, and the inside of my mouth tastes funny <laughs> right now. It kind of tastes like medicinal, which I'm like, oh, God, I hope that isn't a bad thing. What do you mean it tastes medicinal? I don't know. It tastes like like medicine almost. What? Does Have that, you been taking any kind of- Is that a sign of a stroke? I don't know. Well, if you smell burning hair, I know that is. Okay, I don't think I smell burning hair. You're not smelling... Okay, what does it taste like exactly? Like, what what kind of medicinal are we talking about? It tastes like aspirin or something. Do you remember that story we were talking about where the women had the incessantly um, running nose, and it turns out that it wasn't just a cold, that in fact she had somehow cracked something in her... Uh, brain and it was spinal fluid it that was leaking out. It isn't spinal could... fluid that's that's leaking out of my nose. Are you no. sure it's not spinal I'm fluid? I'm sure. You know what it was? I think I just started taking multivitamins a few days ago. Maybe it's the vitamin that I'm tasting because I took it this morning. No, that's not how that works. You don't. Ta- you're not going to be tasting the vitamin in your mouth. I'm concerned you may have spinal fluid dripping down into your into your face. I right do now. not have spinal fluid, but well, I'm saying it does. Ta- it, it feels a little weird. Maybe it's something in the coffee. Maybe that I didn't spike the coffee. I made the coffee this morning, and I can assure you it was not spiked today. So there's today. nothing in there that should, if it were spiked, you shouldn't be able to taste it anyway. That's the key thing if you're going to spike somebody's drink. Not that I would ever know or All do right, that. You should never tell people seen the enough, key things on how your rules on spiking I've watched enough, t- enough television. I know how that's supposed to work. And no, you're never supposed to be able to taste <gasps> it. Tammy's saying rat poison. There was decon in here yesterday. 
So we did have some decon in the studio, not because of a rat problem. Um, it was part of one of uh, Kenny's gags that was going on here. So mm. maybe that's possible. That well, could that's be not very comforting. Maybe Kenny is secretly poisoning us. That could be an issue. Oh, well, I'd believe that. Yeah, I, c- I could see Kenny Kenny doing something. I mean, like we really that. don't make his life better. <laughs> <laughs> no, we kind of just exploit the bad things that go on in his life. That is kind of what we do. So you can listen to yesterday's show and, and hear a lot of that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I don't know what's going on with the with, with <gasps> Ew, your, no, with Aaron. I'm not even going to say that out loud. Uh, somebody in the live chat at funemploymentradio.com slash live says another cause of metallic no! or medicine taste in a woman's mouth is often, uh, it's, a, it's a symptom that's often found during the first trimester of pregnancy. Okay, no. I need to be having sexual relations to be, uh, to be the pregnant. Well... There are nature finds uh, mysterious ways to make that happen. Really, I know. At one point, you so kept you're talking saying I'm, about, the, I'm the new Virgin Mary. That's well, what you're no, I'm not. I'm not giving you that. Stop kind of a congratulating title. me. I hate you all. <laughs> there are people congratulating you right now. If you are Sarah, no one's going to judge. It's going to be kind of difficult to do a show if you get really extra moody. Will you as we go stop on. it? That isn't even funny. Well, I'm. I'm just saying it's. You know, it's entirely. If that is what's going on, no one's going to judge. If you want to save that kind of announcement for another time that's perfectly fine but we won't I uh, am going to hit you you want to see not pregnant Moody it's going to be me hitting you in the face well <laughs> no damn you no. Uh, so here's have I been writing TriMet I haven't been writing TriMet you haven't been writing TriMet I haven't written TriMet in a while what would that have to do with why because you can get pregnant off of the seats on the bus is that one of okay, those things just no. I don't know. I don't know how that works. No. Well, you wouldn't have to worry about it for too long anyway because I do have breaking news. So, of course, the Mayan apocalypse delayed. As I said, it is going to be coming. Um, but uh, this story is just coming out today, and it's something for all of us to actually worry about, something to be very, very stressed out, worry frequently about this because apparently it is true. The asteroid Apophis is going to hit us in 2036. Oh, so 2036. The, end of times. the world is going to end. I'm letting you all know now. You have, uh, you know, 23 years to do whatever you're going to do, but that's it. It's gone after that. That is all that is left, according to uh, scientists and ancient astronaut theorists. Really, but, that's what they're saying. So in 2036. Mm-hmm. So what is this? So this is so it's 23 years ago, mm-hmm. or 23 years from now. 23 years from now, it is fact, absolutely 100 percent true. An asteroid is going to hit the Earth and uh, and destroy it all. At least it's possible. I'm going to say it's fact, though. So it's much <laughs> easier. It's much easier to believe everything that you see on the internet rather than not, because you're really taking a risk if you don't believe it. Sure. At the end of the day, what if you were wrong? What just if like- what if it was right and you were wrong for not to believe it? It's better to just prepare for it. I kind of, I've debated. Um, I've been watching a bit of that show, the uh, Doomsday Doomsday. Uh, Oh, doomsday Prepa- like preppers or whatever? Yeah, doomsday preppers, yeah. I think is what it's called, something like that, where it's all these people that prepare like bunkers and they prepare, you know, different things because they think the end of the world is going to come for different various reasons. Uh-huh. One of them, one of the shows I watched actually was a woman who legitimately thought zombies were going to be coming, that the zombie apocalypse was going to be coming. By the way, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be zombies. Um, and she was, she... I feel bad for the children on this show more than anything because it was this poor little girl who had to live her life with her mom being this nut job talking about guns and how, um, you know, about how if the zombies come, they can set up a perimeter and it's not if they come, it's when they're going to come. 
this woman lives her life okay, like so that. Okay, so not an if, but when. But when. Gotcha. Yeah, it's going to happen, <clears throat> according to her. And this poor girl has to live her life uh, with a crazy mom that thinks that. And also, there was another one where this family, this guy made their kids go out on uh, fake missions in the middle of the night oh, to go find food that Seriously? he had buried out in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to go undercover of darkness and not have anyone see them. God, I thought it was bad when my parents made us go and drive around the neighborhoods looking at Christmas lights. Yeah, no, these kids have it way worse. But in all fairness, if there was going to be, if there was going to be an apocalypse, they might be the people to know, though. So I do Why would have the crazy people who are making their kids run out and try and find buried food mm-hmm. be the ones that would survive? Well... Well, probably they'd be the first ones because I just advertised it on, on television of where they're at and where they have all of these stored things. That's probably the first house I would go to and I'd just take it over. Uh, Keelan wants to know if all the people on the show are white. Yes. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> I have not seen anyone who isn't white. I don't know. Maybe there are other <laughs> episodes where there are, are non-Caucasian people, but I would say it's it's that's a, that's a white people thing. That's absolutely 100%. I can say that's pre- that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, they're they're all white and they're all crazy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are pointing out in the chat that if the asteroid hits, you know, burying food around your house and living <laughs> in a bunker that's a foot below your garage probably isn't going to save you from a giant asteroid colliding with the Earth. Well, that's possible. That's uh, it's possible, but you never know. See, it's better to just live your life in fear and terror at the idea that something could and maybe will happen. And then that way, you know, at least you're prepared. I just, I refuse to live my life in ignorance of such a threat as the 2036 asteroid. So are you saying that you're going to start, are you maybe going to turn the gimp room into a bunker and you're going to start hoarding stuff? I mean, because you are white. I am white. And you do have, you know, sufficient space inside of your house to start hoarding. Well, in 2036, I will be sufficiently middle-aged. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's entirely... No, you'll uh, be later-aged at that point. Yeah, I'll still consider that middle-aged. Yeah. We'll consider that middle-aged okay. at that point. 23 years from now. Um, Yeah, yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe I should just disconnect from the world in preparation for what's going to happen. It's a good thing that none of your, you know, jobs rely on you, you know, being in the present. Well. On, uh, you know, on that newfangled technological thing called the internet. This is true. This is true. It's really good. Well, I'm just saying it's something, it's something that we should all worry about all the time. All the time. All right. So you are worried. So you are going to become a doomsday prepper. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, well, that's I'm not saying well, for sure, but I'm, I'm debating. No, let me ask you this: Is it, did you want to become that because you feel like perhaps the Earth will be destroyed in 2036? Maybe not completely destroyed. But you think that something will happen to where it will be crippled in a way? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so something will impair the Earth to to stop uh, you from being able to live the life that you had become accustomed to 23 years from now. Right. Yes. Okay. My. Uh, Extremely luxurious life. That All right, I'm Greg. To. Of course, your your luxurious life. You, you're gonna yeah. When you're a millionaire, mm-hmm. so let me ask you this: If you could, if you had the opportunity to be able to avoid the impending doom of the asteroid hitting the Earth's surface in 2036, would you take that opportunity? Explain. You what could you're avoid about. it. At all costs. But with my bunker? No, not with your bunker. But it would actually have to do with maybe relocating to another planet. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're referencing. Yes, and I'm talking about moving to Mars. Now, Greg, let me ask you this. If you are that fearful about an asteroid hitting the Earth, disrupting life as we know it, 
Would you prefer to stay here and uh, take your chances, bury food around your house, live in the gimp room? Or would you rather be a colonist, one of the first, you know, in in the entire galaxy to live on Mars? <sighs> well, let's see. Well, okay, explain what this is again. Okay. So, uh, so Mars One, this is going to be happening now. This is going to be happening well before the apocalypse. So you could already start, you know, to actually, you know, get accustomed to life on another planet. Okay. So Mars One, which is the Netherlands-based nonprofit, is planning to colonize Mars starting in 2023. Oh. So 10 years from now. And they want to actually, they kind of want to make it a little bit of a Truman Showy thing. And they want to send not one, not two, not three, but four humans to live on Mars to start colonizing it. So the so like a Truman Show thing where they're going to film everything. Well, apparently they do want to uh, have a, some sort of. Um, all right, so uh, they do want to like film people, of course, you know, living on Mars and doing that. I don't know, like to the extent of the Truman Show. Okay, perhaps, but you would be filmed. Uh, there are a couple of things. Let me make sure that you actually could qualify. Do you mind if I ask you a couple questions? All right, all right. So I mean, well, first of all, is this something that you might be interested in? Um, I'm I'm interested in finding out more. Yes. Okay. Yes. If I were at would the you? mall and someone were approaching me with a pamphlet, yes, I would want to find out Squash more. Squash those bugs. Would you like to know more? Yes. All right. You have to be at least 18 years of age. Greg, are you 18 years of age? I am. All right. So no upper age limit has been set. Okay. Uh, resiliency. So I need to know. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this this describes you? Your thought processes are persistent. You persevere and remain productive. You mean obsess? Yes, I obsess over things. Uh, you see the connection between your internal and external self? Uh, sure. You can still be at your best even when things are at their worst. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, okay. I plan on leading people. Yeah, I, okay. I, I mean, I plan the on future surviving colony. the colony. Yes. Yeah. All right, uh, about, how about adaptability? Okay, what do you uh-huh. think, Greg? Do you adapt to situations and individuals while taking into account the context of the situation? Sure. Uh, do you know your boundaries and how and when to extend them? Mm, I know how to keep people at bay. All right, are you open and tolerant of ideas and approaches different from your own? No, but that's okay. No, I am. Yes, I'm, I'm open and tolerant. Yes, absolutely. All right, Greg, would you say that you might satisfy this other need that they need of curiosity? Do you ask questions to understand, not simply to get answers? Uh, yes, I remember I was asking you what the difference between a dress and a skirt was at one point. Yes. I'm curious about these things. Uh, yeah, you, absolutely. Um, are you interested in transferring knowledge to others, not simply showcasing what you know and what others do not? Yeah, telling people what to do, absolutely. I am 100% on board of telling people other people what to do. And where they're wrong. All yeah, right. sure. How strong do you think your ability to trust is? Now, do you trust yourself and maintain trust in others? I trust me. I trust no one else. Okay. Is your trust built upon good judgment? Mm, in my mind, yes. All right. Uh, how about your creativity and resourcefulness? This is the last one. Are you flexible in how an issue slash problem slash situation is approached? Um, well, as far as if something stresses me out, I start taking my clothes off, uh, but yes. I but I usually end up solving the problem. All right. So yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. All right. Are you not constrained by the way you were initially taught when seeking resolutions? Um, sure. Uh, how about is your humor a creative resource for you? Yeah, uh, I would say yes in this okay. in this situation. So, so would you be able to see the lighter side of being stranded on a barren forsaken planet? Well, it depends on who I'm who I'm with. Okay. You mean stranded by myself on there? No, I'm saying you're going to be go with crazy. the other people, but I mean like do you think that you'd be able to survive with the with the three other initial settlers? Well, see, here would be the issue. Who are well, the other settlers? Okay, well then let me tell you one more thing. Greg? Uh-huh. 
if you get chosen to go on the Mars One and go and live on Mars, yeah. Now, so far, does this sound kind of appealing to you? So far, I'm I'm okay. I'm on board. Yeah. How would you feel if one of the, the one of the stipulations, just one of them, just this little thing that that they say, is that you'd never be able to to leave? Ever oh, you mean you go there and they're just dumping you off on yeah, Mars? You can and never go back. It? You can never go back to Earth. What is the promise that they're going to keep sending supplies and? But let me tell you. Well, no, they'll always send you supplies. You'll always have a place to live until you die eventually of natural causes. However, okay. So you have to. So you can go there and you can have all your amenities given to you. You can have a house on Mars. You can live there. You can be one of the first colonists to you know to live to thrive. To survive on another planet. However, you can never leave. You can never leave. It depends on who else I'm. I'm there with. Who else would be so on Mars? So what you're saying is you aren't enough. So well, you living with yourself on another planet just would never be enough. Well, that get boring. I need. Uh, well, you said besides, it's with three other people. So it's not just. It's not just the person. It's there's four people total, right? That go and live on the planet there are together. Four people total. I, now I don't know how interactive you are with the other people. See, this is I don't this know if would be a key thing. Women. However, I do know that the official uh, Mars colonist language is actually going to be English. All right. Well, there we go. Mm-hmm. There, so, I'm on top of that. I do uh, know speak English. Uh, yes. Speak it. All right. Well, Mars One has already had uh, more than a thousand emails from people who are trying to apply. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are interested, uh, you can sign up for the astronaut application updates because it will take you eight years of training. Eight before. years of training? Well, you're living on another fucking planet, dude. Nobody's ever lived on Mars. So, I mean, if it's eight years of training and it leaves in 2023, I'd have to start this up in two years. Yeah. I'd have to go into training. What does the training involve? I think it's going to adapt you to life on a different planet. Who are the other people? Greg, this I don't is really know what I want to know. Because it's going to depend. If I'm stuck on some planet with three other dudes, no, I don't want to go. That sounds like prison. That doesn't sound that fun to me. No, I, d- I don't want to do that. Now, if I can, can I pick and choose who gets to go Greg, with me? I don't think that you get some hierarchy to where you get to pick the other people. Well, see, th- why would I be interested in this? No, I want to be in charge because we'd have to set up a lot of ground rules. If I'm living the rest of my life with three other people on a planet, there's got to be ground rules established. Otherwise, you know, there's just going to be chaos, and we can't have that on the new planet where I will be establishing my uh, my hierarchy and my rule. So essentially what you're saying is I could be king of Mars is what you're saying. Once we got there, if we're the only four people on the right, planet, Greg, let me ask- I could name myself legitimately king of Mars. All right, Greg, let me ask you this then. If you could name yourself king of Mars when mm-hmm. you went to Mars, but you could never come back to Earth, would you rather reign a small kingdom on Mars or be with friends and family and loved ones on Earth. Well, can you have contact with the with planet Earth? But you I'm just sure you can't come contact. back. Put- I, could, I could talk to him via Skype. Yes, because that's just like talking to real people. Sure. Um, okay. Well, let's just in theory, let's say that yes, I would be okay with that. But I would probably have to. Yes, I would have to. Uh, I would want to take the title of king. Just because. Because why not? You know, you're on Mars. You have to start something off uh, correctly. So I could have that, but I would have to handpick who, who goes with me, and I would want to establish the rules. There would definitely have to be a hierarchy. There couldn't be any, any usurping the king or any kind of that stuff. No, uh, none of that. So there'd, there'd have to be a rule. No mutinies. Just let me uh, know when you're done talking. And then on top of it, I would like to handpick who comes, who comes to the planet with me. Now, naturally, since we are the first four people and to establish a proper kingdom... 
we might have to populate it a little bit. Oh, you are. I knew you were going to go creepy. I don't think that the point is to populate the planet. So they're just bringing four people and that's it. And then that's the end of it. They're going to dump four people on there and then uh, they'll film it all for profit and somebody else will get rich and I'll be, I'll be up there without... Uh, I mean, what kind of supplies will I get? All right, so Brian's asking, is it an Earth colony or a United States colony? It is an Earth colony. Okay. So because this is uh, Russians... Yeah, Russians that are putting this program together. Oh, man. See, so they're going to want to be the king. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, we'll have to have a long discussion about that one. Uh, so... Boy, this could be uh this could be something I think that could work out for me. I mean, I could go down as his in history as the King of Mars. That's a pretty awesome title. I mean, would you so you would rather live your life to be called the King of Mars in a book on a planet that you no longer live on instead of living your life out with your friends and family? Well, but also, just to clarify, since it is international, um, you know, I am a fan of the of the foreign ladies. Yes, the foreign so, exchange students. So if I could handpick who it is that comes up there with me, although Olivia Munn might be included. I'd probably bring her up there. Uh, I think, uh, I think this could work. In another news, Olivia Munn will never be on our show. I think. <laughs> that is now in, <laughs> out in the universe. No, I think I could do – I think this could work. I think this could really work. Yeah. What about you? Would you consider doing it? No. Why not? Because. Why wouldn't you want to be known as, you know – in theory, you could be Queen of Mars. Because I would rather live my life here on Earth and have a full life instead of waiting for my life to be over so that I can be in somebody's book. Huh. I would rather have tales to tell about my life than be a tale to tell after it's over. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. Yeah. That's a fucking great Wow, answer. look at you. Look at me. La-di-da-di-da. Yeah, that's right. Huh. All right. I, I I consider it. So how do you sign up for this? You have to email them? Uh, you can email them. So here, right, let me pull it up. So they have a website. If you, if you Google Mars One, mm-hmm. then you can find out how you can apply. So it seems like you meet all of the, you know, you're pretty much up to, up to the standards that they're asking for in order to colonize on Mars at this to point. To be a king. You know, sure. minus the ability to trust, adaptability. Resiliency. Essentially, a king of Mars. Creative. This is the main thing. I'm, well, I'm applying the, to be king of Mars. You meet the the you know at least 18 years of age minimum, so that's good. That's that's the start. Well, that's true. I will have that. I will have that into. Uh, I will have that in the back. All right. Is there anything else that goes on with it? Yes. So, um, all you have to do. Oh, there it is. I found it. So, if you go to Mars Dash One. Dot com. There's the Mars One astronaut application. Whew. All you have to do is put in your email address, first name, last name, nationality. And preferred format in of- ten years, they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Are they going to send anybody else? This is it. One one group of four people, and they're just going to film them. And that's it. They're just going to dump them out there. They're, I don't think they're going to dump anybody anywhere. All right. But I think that's that's going to be the start of the colony. Okay, so it'll be my job. Well, and plus they probably haven't Mars. really figured out you know how exactly the planet works. So you know when you spontaneously combust or something, it's only four deaths. Well, it'll be my job to colonize it and establish human presence on another planet. That's a lot of that's a lot of work. That's a lot of duty right there. Uh-huh. That's a lot to carry on. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I I'm interested in signing up for this. I would consider it. 
That would mean in two years I'd have to go into training. That's the part that. Why do I need eight years of training? Why can't they just? All right. Have so so, ready so to Mars go? One plans to, tra- to train several groups of astronauts concurrently to account for dropouts due to illness, unsuitability for the mission, and changing of minds. If all goes according to schedule, four astronauts will blast off from Earth in September of 2022 for their new permanent home. More settlers will arrive every uh, every other year after that. Oh, there's more people coming? Every other year, yeah. So my kingdom could grow. It'll grow when they drop off new recruits and I'll already be established. Yeah, okay. That's, I'm all for that. New crop of chicks coming in every couple of years. All right. And then on top of that, though, the, the thing that I actually worry about the most is if I do go through the eight years of training, what if they decide, so they're, they're having concurrent astronauts train and then they decide who gets to go. So you yes. spend eight years training that could be absolutely worthless where they decide you don't go. Well, they'll probably end up sending more than four people, I'd say. I'd say whoever's properly trained, they'll probably send all of them. <laughs> Keelan notes that uh, I will be killed after my dog eats all of the food. Yes. Well, you know, Butter's still around 23 years from now or 10 years from now. She's uh, she's going to be invincible at that point. Yes. <laughs> um, hmm. Hmm. All right, I just I, I was really curious. I wanted to see what you thought about this, and it turns out it is exactly how I thought it would be. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm all for it. Okay, sign right. me up. Sign me up, sir. Okay, Greg, I'll, I'll make sure. Do you want me all to? Because right. I'll sign you up right now. Sure, sign okay. me up. Yep, I want I want more information on it anyway. I'm okay. definitely interested in finding out about it. I would wouldn't mind interviewing or talking to somebody who's going to be in charge of this because I want to make sure that it's established from the beginning. Yeah, I think Scott puts it best when he says, "A new crop of chicks, really nibbler." <laughs> Well, when you're the king. <sighs> yeah, okay. I'm 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 down with it. Um so What is wrong with So you? yeah, why don't you go ahead and send that uh send me in there. Send me in, sign me up, I'm ready to go. I just can't believe that you're not interested in going. No, there's no way I want to go. Hey, in other news, I just realized something that we haven't done in a while. Yes, I can see what you have sitting yes. out there on the table. I brought it over here because I was very excited. Because actually, when we had when we had Mark in, he was pointing out, and he's like, "Oh, I love that game. I used to mm-hmm. play that with my family." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Well, I'll be." This yes, was, this was my family's game, and I brought it to the studio because it was hilarious. Yes, and we were and talking of course, about you. the game I'm talking about. What is it, Greg? Outburst. 1984's Outburst, a game of verbal explosions, is here in the studio with us. So this game is. Was created in 1984. Yes. It's the 1984 version. I think they have current versions, but being the 1984 version, it, the questions and topics are from that time as well, and are mildly, if not uh, overtly, racist. Yes, in some ways, a little bit, and they're they're a little old timey, a little out of date, maybe. So the way Outburst works is there are a whole bunch of different cards, essentially. Yes, with a topic on it, and then there are ten items that relate to that topic, and. What the goal is, is someone has read the topic, and then they have to come up with whatever the 10 things are that are written on that uh, on that card, oh. the 10 things that are associated with it. So Sarah has apparently selected out some different topics for me, mm-hmm. and now I have... What are the topics, actually? Before I even right. do this, I don't want to do any race. Am I going to have to do something? No, you're not going to have to do racist. All right, so for example, if you haven't heard us do this before, so like this, this topic is arts and crafts, okay. and so there are 10... No, this isn't one that you're doing, by the way. Yours are better than this. So arts and crafts. So, like, for example, there are 10 things listed, and then however many you can guess in a set amount of time, that's how many points you get. Okay. And right now the reigning champion, I believe, is me. I thought it was Keelan. No, it's me. So, like, for example, arts and crafts. So, like, they're they're listed as basket weaving, painting, 
you know, stenciling, pottery. So these are like the different kinds of lists. Okay. From 1984. So we won't do it right this second. However, I did pick out some for you. All right. And I wanted the people in the chat to vote. Okay, so if you're listening live right now, go to funemploymentradio.com slash live and just hop in the chat and you'll get a chance to vote on this. I I still think that it should be you doing it. I feel like I've done this like 10 times and you've done it once. I'll do it again. You just need to pick out some cards. All right, fine. Okay. All right, so I picked out three. So I want – so we'll vote on it now and then a little bit later we'll do this. So, so the you first, picked out the topics. I picked out the topics. All right, what are the now three topics? Now everyone's saying it's Keelan. Now, the first topic is from 1984's um, Outburst, Game of Verbal Explosions. Ten things listed from where hair grows. So I have to name ten things that are associated with where hair grows. Number one is where hair grows. Okay. Number two, since we all know that you were a bit of a sickly child. I was not a sickly child. I found this I one. Uh, number two is childhood illnesses or medical problems. <laughs> Number two. Number one, where hair grows. Number two, childhood illnesses or medical problems. It's kind of both, isn't it? Or number three, animal sounds and perform them. What? Are you serious? It says animal sounds and perform them. I don't think it says perform them. Let me see that. Perform them. Oh, fuck. It does say that. Yes. Well, that one's dumb. So, so number nobody one, wants to do where that hair one. grows. Number two, childhood illnesses or medical problems. Number three, animal sounds, and then perform them. Well, nobody's going to want that one, so let's just throw that one out. No, I think uh, I think actually everybody wants that. And no, I'm not having anyone say anything racist. Greg's ghost rat, whoever you are. Oh yeah, There's another person with the uh, names in the chat there. Yes. Uh, no, that's not that's not what we want to do. So we'll uh, we'll see what people come up with. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm keeping a tally so far. All right, right you keep now. a tally. Yeah, you keep a tally on that. Thank you, sir. No problem. Once again, thank you everyone for tuning into Fun Employment Radio. We appreciate it greatly. Don't forget, if you are going to purchase anything from Amazon, go to funemploymentradio.com first. Go to Fun Employment Radio, click on the Amazon link, and then go about your business. Go about your day. Go about your business. Purchase whatever you want. It just helps us out tremendously. If you just go to funemploymentradio.com first. Then click on the Amazon link. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's so great. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, should we do a little bit of since since there is a lot going on this weekend in the world of sports? Sure. I don't have a ton of ball talk, but I do have a couple of things that I think is are necessary to bring up, and that are and that some are. predictions. That is that is that are that they is. are they will be predictions. Sarah, should we do a little ball talk here? Can you help me out with the... Uh, oh, you want to do some ball talk yes, now? I'm sorry. I was just talk. waiting for you to finish like saying it. it. That was a very grandiose it description. Was. Well, I'm a very grandiose <laughs> person. I didn't want to step on it. I'm a very grandiose person. All right. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. Balls. All right, first up, it's going to be a short but virile balls today. And uh, first off, I do want to say this. Congratulations to the Portland Trailblazers. Yeehaw! For beating the Miami Heat last night. Four wins in a row, nine straight wins at home. Knocking off the defending champions in Portland. Battling back in the fourth quarter. It was an awesome game. If you watched it, if you're a basketball fan, it was a great game on national television. Nikola Batum killed it. He was badass, mm-hmm. and uh, actually all the Blazers were. So yeah, I was going to say a lot of them were. It was a really great game. Um, you know, down 
they could have let the game go in the fourth quarter. They were down 13 at one point, mm-hmm. but they didn't, and they battled back, and they got it. And so, seriously, congratulations to the Trailblazers. That's yeah. really cool. And it helps out that we work for them, too. It was awesome. This morning's show was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, with that, as I said, it's short, ample virile balls. But I think, with all of my success last week, I think I need to do it again. So, last week, oh, I made my predictions about the NFL playoffs. There were four games. Four games last week. Did you get all of them right? Did you get 100%? I got three out of four correct. That's pretty damn oh, good. That's a C. I got three out of four correct, including picking some upsets. I, I think I did a pretty pretty good job. Mm, so good you think that. The one I was wrong with um, was I picked Cincinnati to win, and they did not win. So apologies to our fans in Cincinnati, who we have and have contacted us, Patch in particular. And, uh, yeah, you were a bad person. Yeah, and also our fans in Indianapolis are not happy. But, hey, I predicted Baltimore to win, and that's who won. I'm, I'm not picking sides. I'm not picking any side. But aren't you? Because no. what you're doing is you're picking. And if you're picking one team no. or the other, that's picking. No, it's different. It's predicting. It's more scientific than that. It's not anything in particular to where I'm actually saying who I want to win. I'm just saying this is what's going to happen. So it's kind of like uh, so you're a, psychic. A, a prophet almost. You're saying you're a psychic. Kind of. You're a, you're a football and psychic. And I'm going to do it again this week. I think I've earned the right out of getting three or four. By the way, I didn't get any congratulatory emails from many people. Why would you? Saying that, uh, thank you for picking my team to win. I only hear from people when their team loses. So I'm expecting to hear a lot from people this week because I think I may go four for four. All right. First prediction. Baltimore Ravens. Ray Lewis and possibly his last game. Visiting the Denver Broncos. Baltimore at Denver. Uh, Ray Lewis trying to continue on his storybook season and going to uh, you know extend his career just a couple of more games because he has announced he is retiring after this year. Going into Denver to face Peyton Manning, looking for redemption over being dumped Jesus. by the Colts and fighting back after his neck surgery and all of that uh, stuff to become a legend once again. I believe it will go to Peyton Manning. Denver Broncos. Wow, you're, you're really yelly about that. Denver Broncos will beat the Baltimore Ravens. You can take that to the bank. There we go. Moving on. Green Bay at San Francisco. San Francisco, of course, making a change of quarterback halfway through the season. Kind of a favorite over here on the West Coast. Uh, one of the favorites. And they they got a lot of fans. However, before this season started, you may recall. Oh, Jesus. I predicted who was going to win the Super Bowl this year, and that was the Green Bay Packers. Not because I want them to. Not because I uh, care. I don't have any stock in either team, but the Green Bay Packers will win on the road at San Francisco this weekend. Aaron Rodgers will be victorious. There you go. Green Bay and Denver. Moving on. Houston at New England. Houston Texans going up to New England. How many are you predicting? This is a lot. Four games. There's four games. Okay. I'm just, this is a, it takes a lot of work. I put a lot of effort into analyzing the statistics of these games and analyzing how people are doing. And I think, uh, you know. I, th- I think I, I think I, I deserve to be uh, just, a, just a minute here. Houston at New England. New England Patriots will beat the Houston Texans this weekend. Tom Brady moving on to the AFC Championship. That brings us to our last game. Oh, God. Are you going to do it? I hope you're gonna do it. Oh, you I predicted are. it last week and I was right. This one hits close to home. Of course, we are broadcasting right, so you're from Portland, it, Oregon. So what you're saying is that you are not going to be choosing sides. You're going to be using your power. You're... You're going to be predicting who you actually think is going to win the game. Yes. It's who I actually think is going to win the game. I am not 
putting any stock into anybody. I'm not so rooting for week, anyone. So last week one? you predicted that a team would win the game, perhaps one, I don't know, a little, a little to the north of us, and they did win. They did win. All right, so it the seems Seattle like when, Seahawks. You pr- when you predict that they win, they, they will. That, that they're going to win, they will win. All right, so I just wanted to remind everybody of that. Yes. The Seattle Seahawks, a favorite here in the Northwest, including a lot of people here in Portland, Oregon, because it's the closest NFL team. Kind of a storybook season for them. Nobody expected them to be this good. Russell Wilson, pretty awesome. They went on the road at Washington last week. And now they're back on the road at Atlanta. Facing Hot the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta. Don't don't ever don't ever say Hotlanta. Trailblazers game day go boom. Just hang your head in shame right now. Damn. Seattle at Atlanta. I'm not saying who I want to win. I'm just saying who is going to win. And if you're a fan of these teams, keep in mind, I have no stock in either team. If I had to pick, I would want Seattle to win. Oh, Jesus. Uh-oh. But they're not going to. Atlanta's going to win this weekend. It will be the Falcons facing the Patriots in the AFC Finals. So you're saying that the Seahawks are going to lose. I'm saying their storybook season is going to come to an end next week. Now, their future is bright. They got a great team. Wow. That's really like someone getting passed up for like a promotion. Just like, no, no, you're really good. You're really good. No, I see you going places. Yeah. Just not right now. You got a you got a great personality. Got a great personality. Maybe just not yet. I don't think you're quite ready for it yet. A lot of people like you. It's good. You know, a lot of people really, really think you're a great person. You're just not the right one for this job. Atlanta Falcons, we'll move on. So there are your winners. Denver, Green Bay, Atlanta, and New England. And after I'm 4 for 4 this weekend, and I don't want this to be the case, I'll be happy to... You know what? I will be happy if I'm wrong and Seattle beats Atlanta. I know we have listeners in Georgia, you know, that are either happy or mad that I'm predicting they'll win. Um, since Seattle is the closest team to here, I'll be happy if, if Seattle Seattle wins. I'll be happy to be 3 or 4 this weekend, just, just because I have so many friends that are Seahawks fans. But... Unfortunately, I think I'm going to be four for four, and then uh, so next week we'll make more predictions. Don't don't you dare say we. This is you. If, if you mean you on. and your multiple personalities, and that's a we. I'm not saying shit. I am not attached to this segment at all. Denver, Green Bay, Atlanta, New England. Start celebrating now. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk. Wait, so you're telling people after you're saying, oh, I know there are a lot of Seahawks fans, so you're telling them to celebrate now because you think that you're going to be right with them losing, so therefore they should be celebrating that you're right well, the because p- their team is going to lose? <laughs> you realize this makes no sense, right? If they if they win, in, I mean, if the people in those cities, I mean, we have people that listen from all over the place, so I'm just saying that's probably what's going to happen. I'm just making a prediction. I'm not saying who I want to win or who who I care to have win if I have my choice. It's not. That's not that. It's pure math, sir. It all comes down to science. Well, speaking of pure math, I mean, you know, you always when you're trying to figure something out, like for example, like you have your math problem. I had mine. Mm-hmm. Like I asked people, and I'm like, hey, whatever number of votes gets the most of, that's going to be the question that I ask you for out 1984's outburst, a game of verbal explosions. Sure. And uh, I did the math and uh, came up with an answer. So I wanted to see if perhaps you were ready to go ahead and do this. Okay. So, All right. you know, we asked the people, 
and the people have spoken. So the three cards that were there were, uh, the first one was where hair grows, the second being childhood illnesses or medical problems, and the third being animal sounds, and then please perform them. A resounding amount of folks in the chat have requested animal sounds plus the performance. Seriously? So, Greg, what I need you to do for this, this 1984 outburst game of verbal explosions, is we're going to need to go ahead and uh, have you make some animal noises for us and see how many you can, oh, how many you can mark off. This sucks. So right now I you hold have the to record. Nuke the animal noise. Yes. Yeah, so right now I hold the record. At eight, there are ten animals listed. So what you need to do is, in order so I can tell what the animal is, you have to say the name of the animal, and then you have to make the noise convincingly. I hate you so much right now for this. Convincingly. Don't want to be half-assed animal sounds. That would just be cheating everybody, and we don't want a cheater, right, Greg? You don't want to be a cheater. All right. So I have to say the animal noise and then make the noise itself. This is... Oh, God. I need a beer or something. All right. All right, Greg. This is 1984 Outburst Game of Verbal Explosions. The category is animal sounds. Say their name and then perform them. Greg Nibbler, are you ready? No. Wait. Go. Dog. Seriously, I can't. Oh, That's God, one. Cat. Meow. Cow. Moo. That's three. Horse. <laughs> Frog. Ribbit. No. No? I just did that for nothing? Um. All right, what is, what is Pig. Oh, oh, oh. That's five. Now I just want the fucking record. All right. Uh, lion. Just tell me if it's that's one of them, and then I'll do the noise. No, you have to do the whole No, thing. I'm not going to do it for nothing. Lion. That's one. Um, okay. Uh, fuck, another animal. Uh, chicken. Close. What? Why is that? Cluck, 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 cluck. No, I'm not saying that. No, it's close to the animal. A duck. That's one. How many do I have? One, two, three. You have seven. Uh, okay. Uh, another animal. Um, is a mouse one? I'm not gonna say. <laughs> hamster. No. no, there's no hamsters or mice. Uh, uh. Crow. Kaka. Is a crow one? Well, Raven. Kaka. There's a bird. I'll just give you the bird. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I give Greg the bird. <laughs> uh, okay, um, another animal, another animal. All right, Greg. So the farm animal. I don't know. It's been a, oh, it's been almost two minutes. No, it hasn't been two minutes yet. It's been a, it's been a minute and fifty seconds. Uh, snake. No, snake isn't one of them. A snake isn't one of them. I'm drawing a blank. All right, Greg. You have tied with Keelan and I for first place. I don't think you were in first place before. You're just making this up. No, Keelan and I were both in first place. We were sharing it. (sighs) So you got pig, dog, cat, cow, horse, bird, duck, and lion. However, you missed rooster. 
Well, I said chicken. Chicken is not a rooster, Greg. A rooster I is said a chicken. It's close. I said it's close. A rooster is not a chicken. I yes, it is. No, it's not. No, a rooster is not a hen. It is still a chicken. No, but it's a ro- this says rooster. It doesn't say rooster chicken. A rooster is a chicken. A rooster is not a chicken. A rooster is a rooster. It makes the same noise. No, you didn't. You no, you went. That's what it no, does. But it's a rooster not, crows. It does. Oh my god, that is the same thing. A rooster is not a chicken, Greg. A rooster is a chicken. So let me tell you, when you get like a, a good, like you know, deep breaded chicken, is it a rooster? It's usually a hen. No, when you eat chicken nuggets, are they rooster nuggets? Usually a hen. Well, see, and the hen's not a rooster. Oh, my God. It was whether or not it is a chicken. A rooster is a male chicken. No. A chicken yes, is it not, is. A chicken is not... A, everyone in the chat is saying a rooster is not a chicken. A rooster is a, a chicken. A rooster is not a chicken. Yes, it is. No, it's not. What do you That's like saying is a man it? is a woman. <laughs> Wait, he's taking off. Greg's trying to take off things. He just threw off a his hat. A rooster is not a duck. A rooster is a chicken. No, a rooster is not a chicken. What do you call a bull? A cow. It's a cow. A chicken is not a rooster. All right, so you uh, missed. So you missed rooster and you missed wolf. Wolf, but they had oh, they had dog on there. All right, fine, fine. I'll give you that. Rooster is a chick. Rooster is a chicken. That one should be given to me. That should be given to me. No, you're not getting rooster. No. A rooster is a chicken. It is not Sarah. a chicken. Greg, I don't eat rooster nuggets. <sighs> you're like, is, is it called popcorn roosters? No, it's popcorn chicken. It didn't say, you know what? Because right. you know what I did give you? I gave you bird. I gave you canary in parentheses bird when you said crow. I already gave you one. That doesn't you said matter. Crow. That's your problem. Yeah. That's so your I problem. already gave you that one. So you know what? No. You know what? All right. It you is can't my problem. Resend. You can't resend. It is resend my problem. It. You know, no. I'm in, I'm you in can't charge resend of this. It. All right. That's fine. You don't get rooster. You don't get rooster. You got eight out of ten. That is not true. I got nine out of ten, and we all know that. No. Everybody listening to the show knows I am the proper champion. No. I am the one who. No. No. All right. Well, fine. I have one more card that you can go through. Do you want to do it one more time to see no. if you get it? Because I have something that I know that you know very well. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I did find since we have yeah, always, but I don't know it from from 1984. I don't want to do it. Really, no. has it changed? I already much? am the champion right now. I just got nine out of ten correct. I don't know if I need to go on any more of them. You didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, and Keelan's putting in. You didn't make the rooster sound anyway. Roosters also cluck. They don't cluck. They do too. What do you think they're doing Roosters when they're not crow? What do you think they're doing when they're not Sleeping. doing that? Have you ever been around chickens? Yes, and well, I've been around. Have roos- you ever seen a chicken in person that's not a chicken nugget at McDonald's? Yes, I've been around chickens and I've been around roosters. They're two separate things. I don't believe you've ever seen a chicken in real life. So what you're saying is a rooster is a male chicken? Yes, that's not true. That is so true. What do you think it is? All right, fine. If you want rooster, I'm taking away crow. So you get one or the other. No, that's not how it works. That is not yep, how, how it works. works. That's how it works. Nine I gave out of you, ten. No, because I gave you canary when you said crow. <sighs> All right, so do you want to be right with the rooster or do you want to be right with the crow? Oh, my God. Which one do you want to be right with? <sighs> nine out of ten. No, you didn't get nine out of ten. You well, got eight out I, of ten. Well, let's agree to disagree. Did you get rooster? No, this is my game. Greg's actually getting really mad. 
will agree to disagree. Okay, give me that thing. Give me that thing. <laughs> give me that list of. Well, can we take a break really quick so I can here. get more coffee and then I'll. Fine, I'm ready. Fine. fine. Take a break. I'm going to come up with three more. I will put them into the chat. You are going to do this game. A rooster is a fucking chicken. A rooster's not a chicken. And we'll be back here in a second with more Fun Employment Radio. <laughs> are you really mad at me? A rooster's a chicken. A rooster's not a chicken. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Hi, this is Kevin Pollack, and you, of course, are listening to Fun Employment Radio. But you knew that, didn't you? You didn't need me to point that out. By the way, check out TalkinWalkin.com. We're Talkin' Walkin' on iTunes. It's me. Talking is walking. Wow. Rooster, it's a chicken. All right. It's not. So, Sarah. When I hear a chicken crow, I will believe you. Oh, my God. All right, Sarah. Yes. So, here's what we have. I've got... All right, I have three choices in the chat. Okay. that I put into the chat for the live listeners at funemploymentradio.com slash live to choose from for you to play 1984's Outburst. The three choices were, number one, states in the Confederacy. Number you know two, I don't even know all of the states of America. Oh, number two, things you wash frequently. Oh, jeez. Seriously. And number three, songs sung at Christmas time. And a resounding <laughs> choice in the chat by the live listeners was number two, things you wash frequently. Oh, God. So, Sarah, here is what's going to happen. We're going to start the music. And it will be your job to select ten things you wash frequently. Okay, ten things. Okay. You're going to have to beat my record of nine. Eight. All right. All right. When you're ready, go ahead and begin the music. And go. Hair. Yes. Your face. Yes. Your hands. Feet. Yes. Your private area. Your Pri- car. Private area is not one of them. Car is. Your house. Your clothes. Your dishes. Um, uh, laundry. Um, floors. This is too easy. Walls. Wash. Um, wash. What else do you wash? How many do I have? You got six correct. Uh, fingernails. Underwear. You're not telling me if I'm getting these. <laughs> None of those are correct. I'll tell you if they are correct. All right. You wash, uh, say, your car. Mm-hmm. Your um, socks. Are they specific like that? Sure. Sure? Your shirts? Nope. You wash your dentures? No. Your teeth? No. Wash your um, ears? Yes. Yes. Um, This is bullshit. This is too easy. Wash, uh... So wash the floor, wash, um... A fence. You, like, whitewash a fence. All right, I'm sorry. Your time is up. All right, Sarah. You did all right on that. You did all right. How many did I get? You got seven. Or which ones didn't I get? The dog. Fruit. 
and your car. I said car. Did you? Yes, I, I said car. That. Are you kidding me? I said car like twice. Did you? Greg, do not even. <laughs> I guess we'll have to go back and listen or we'll never know. Oh, we'll fuck never you. know. No. All right, fine. You said car. You got eight, but I got nine, so no, it doesn't matter. You got so I win. eight. It's I a got watch. nine. You did not. I got nine. Nope, you didn't get canary or you didn't get. All right, no, you know what? You didn't get nine. You didn't get Did eight. you say dishes? Yes. All right, you got eight, but I got nine, so it's okay. So I am still the winner, and that is. Uh, that's you did just not fine. get nine. Um, Keelan is the other one who's sharing the three way tie for eight, and he says that I'm right and that a rooster is not a chicken, and we are oh all in a three way tie. That is seriously. We're in a three way tie. So that's, that's good. That was a good job, everybody. Oh my God. A rooster is a chicken. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have an, uh, have some fried rooster for dinner. That's what I'm gonna do. Do you want to say you're gonna have fried hen? Yes, you can have like speckled hen. You can have like all sorts of other things. <sighs> I've never heard of anyone cooking a rooster. <sighs> just because you don't eat them, I'm gonna go them, eat my rooster nuggets. Just because you don't eat them does not mean it is not a chicken. Yeah, okay, well, Keelan is actually succinct with this. I don't care says, what Keelan says. No, but he said one of the rules on the card was to make the noise, and you did not make a rooster a sound. Rooster you made a rooster makes a clucking noise. Sound. If you've ever been it around a rooster, not. it does not just make the the, cacos, the rooster 99. sound. 99.9 people out of 100 would say a rooster makes a cuckoos. No, that's not entirely true. Yes. All right, well, anyway. Eight and eight. We'll just agree to disagree because I made the wrong noise. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. We greatly appreciate your listenership and your support. It really does mean a lot to us. Don't forget to support local businesses also, like Sorrell's. Yes. On 37th and Hawthorne, right across the street from the mm-hmm. Baghdad Theater. Go there, pick up everything. By the way, I bought my Christmas presents there, and it went over swimmingly. It went over quite swimmingly, It went over you quite say. swimmingly. Oh. Yes, indeed. So, um, anyway. There we go. Uh, th- once again, yeah, I want to thank everyone, and also thank you to Mark Grossman. Yes, for coming in here for Helium Comedy Club. Don't forget to go see Kevin Pollock, and uh, we will talk to everyone on Monday. We love you all. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with more Fun Employment Radio. Come, I'm a champion. You're not. Roosters I got nine. It is. It is a chicken. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. <laughs>